Hi, this is Megan McHugh, and this is the podcast of Triple R Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website. Putting the Z back into zero G, zombie that is. Ah, G'day, welcome aboard the Starship Zero G, science fiction, fantasy and historical radio for episode number 1423, entitled X Marks the Pod, or Xmas the Pod, one of those two. Ah, Our... That's the podcast title. Our real title is Bringing Home the Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) I am Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. And here we are for the ultimate episode of Zero G for the year. Not the penultimate, the ultimate. Uh, Breaking tradition. And then really that's what what it's all about. It is, it is. (laughs) And we are having a break. We are. We usually push straight through. Rob, you've, I mean, what, is this the first time in over 20 years? Uh, actually, more than that. Uh, yeah, actually, well, over means more. <laughs> <laughs> He's in need of a break. <laughs> I am in need of a break. You know. But, yeah. 1994, so Gosh. this is the first time. Oh, wow. So, wait, if my maths is right, we're coming up shortly. We're nigh off 30. Yeah, something couple like that. A couple of years. We won't be trustworthy anymore, not that oh we ever were. <laughs> Gosh, that's, I mean, obviously I wasn't on air then. I mean, I was I was why, nine why, when you started out. Why, what were you breathing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't use, I don't use oxygen myself, it promotes rust. Um, yeah, so coming up to 30 years. I mean, yes, I think I'm on about seven or eight, but this is the first time we've fully had a break for Zero G. Um, but I guess it's a nice chance for others to get a chance on air and for us to go off and watch all of our content so we can prep for 2023. Now, I'm not ex- exactly sure who's going to be filling in for us yet, but, you know, I, I, as the Red Skull said in Captain America, the first Avenger, as he handed the keys to his limousine to uh, Dr Zola, not a scratch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll pilot her... Fast and true. So I'm sure it will be... Um, Absolutely nothing like a normal I was, gonna, I was just thinking, gosh, they'll probably be, say, you know, normal things on air and... Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of spaceships, after 25 days in space, a trip and back to the moon and something like uh, 2 million kilometres, mm. the Orion crew capsule has splashed down successfully in the Pacific. Amazing. Which is around 50 years after the last human being walked on the moon in 1972. It's pretty wild. Well, yeah, I've been up there since and I've checked out the sites and tidied up a bit and, you know, just repainted that lunar flag which has faded. Something shocking (laughs) in the vacuum of space and the UV and all that Mm. sort of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, wow, it's an achievement, you know. And I can't help feeling that they've, like, pipped the billionaires at the post. Not that I'm entirely against billionaire space travel. You know, hey, I think get up there any way we can. 
you know. So it's, you know, and I especially do like, I know Elon is a bit uh. controversial at the moment, but uh. I love that silver rocket ship that he built. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, who was the last human on the moon in 72? Uh, Eugene Cernan, who is now no longer with us and not because he's travelled to the moon. Uh, actually, I don't think there are any moonwalkers left. Mm. From memory? No, I think they're all gone now. Oh, um, gosh. Oh, hey, uh, Is... Yeah, I'm reasonably sure of that. I could check that out. Mm, mm, mm. But um, I could be I could be wrong. Totally I'm wrong. just typing in, men on moon alive? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Buzz Aldrin still with us? Ah, yes. Uh, well, I think so, as far as I know. Sorry, Buzz, if... Um, Didn't mean to forget you. I've uh, prematurely... Um, interred you, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Artemis, it's a, a wonderful thing that they have done there. The mm-hmm. next missions mm-hmm. will uh, be a manned flight around the moon. Yes, so to be, as you mentioned last time, Artemis is all, it's sort of not stocked, manned with no humans this time. Yes, yeah, yeah apart from Snoopy. And yeah, and some mannequins, but <laughs> no humans. <laughs> and Sean the Sheep. And a dozen other Easter egging items that they included in, just because you know they're NASA and they're geeks. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so. no, all all tech went up this first time. Yeah, yeah. Just to, just to test all the systems, and specifically, of course, the heat shield on right. the Artemis, which was a, a new construct, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they had to make sure that it would stand the fierce temperatures as the ship re-entered. They also did, I believe, uh, some skip. Um, experimentation of, of bringing the ship in and bouncing it off the atmosphere. Oh, okay. So that they could shed it velocity quicker. Right. And, but, 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 but more um, safely. Yeah. Interesting technology there. And, of course, they had all these uh, CubeSats that were on board yep. that they launched. Not all of them were successful, but, you know, some of them were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so science and was done there. The next time, as I said, manned flight around the moon mm. uh, followed by a manned landing. Amazing. On the moon as well. So because we've done all this before, but it has been a while. Why is that? (sighs) Gosh. Uh, Well, obviously a big part was that there was no existing space race between Mm. superpowers. Um, You know, there hasn't been one of those really for a while, although that's cranking up. Mm. I suppose there's no reason to go. Like, you wouldn't go up there without a reason, I suppose. Um. There are reasons. Uh, most of them I can't tell you about because I don't know. I guess, but I guess in <laughs> Not the I won't. in the in- intervening decades, I guess you wouldn't spend all that money to go up there not knowing what you were hmm. doing up there. Because they had been there before. They had done basic science there. They, right, a little they, bit of yeah but test now, tubing and things. Now it's sort of like there's a lot of reasons. You know, there, there's the, the moon is a good source of helium three, which mm. could be used to fuel future. Fusion reactors. Um, no, they're safe. They're much better than fission reactors. Okay, good. Much better. All right, then. I'll make uh, a happy noise. Yay. I'll make a happy noise. <laughs> uh, and although, you know, best of all, there's a fusion reactor that's sitting up there in the sky anyway. Yeah, true. You know. Uh, and there's other reasons too because it is the first step because they're going to put a, a, a space station in orbit at the moon. Yeah, so I guess that's it. They've got some clear goals this time. Mm. Plus, as I said, they are cranking up with superpower. Space races again, mm. obviously the Chinese Space Agency is getting more and more mission capable. Uh, the Russians are kind of, well, 
They're too busy firing rockets at people. A bit preoccupied at the moment, yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. Okay, so we're going to play a track here. Mm. And this is uh, The Smallest Astronaut from the Royal Guardsman, the Best Of album. And this is about Snoopy, because, of course, Snoopy has a long association with the space program, <laughs> um, capsules being named after Snoopy and, and now traditionally a Snoopy plush toy being flown aboard ships to give you a visual indication of when zero gravity takes effect. <laughs> and zero gravity, zero G, is very effective. This is Raymond D. Feist, the man who started the Rift War. Mm, will it help if I say I'm sorry? Zero G, it's totally lacking in gravity. Yeah, Best of the Royal Guardsmen there, an album with the smallest spaceman, Snoopy, <laughs> saluting the brave space mannequins <laughs> and plush toys aboard the successful Artemis 1 mission. Mm. So stoked about that. But you can tell <laughs> Rob Jan here. And, and Mick Back with you in the ultimate zero G for the year before our four-year hiatus. Four-year? <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> Light years. <laughs> four week, four week. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell that I get he's, break. Rob's on his lap. He's, got, he's on a thread, hanging by a thread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is pretty much common for me when I'm sitting in the belfry, you know, hanging down from a... We must talk about Wednesday too, speaking of belfry, uh, yes. after this again. Yes. Um, all right, well, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, mm. Disney Plus. Yes. Uh, or the Got Gook Holiday special. Is a, <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue, no, it does it? No, it doesn't, does it? But it probably does in some alien language. <laughs> now, as with the Werewolf by Night Halloween special, this perfectly captures the seasonal tropes mm-hmm. uh, to give you the plot, <laughs> such as it is. Yes, plot light it is. Peter Quill. Yes. Or Star-Lord. Mm. Who? Is feeling glum while he and the Guardians restore the giant celestial head Mm. floating in space that is a space habitat. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's lost his Gamora. Yes. And the past Gamora has left and doesn't know anything about their relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least the space Viking Thor isn't confusing their leadership at the moment. Mm -hmm. It was the uh, celestial head, which is to say nowhere, uh, it was devastated by Thanos in the Infinity War and its mm-hmm. owner, the Collector, who surprisingly must have survived Thanos's wrath, sold it to them. Mm. Bet, it, bet they got a bargain. His shipmates know that it's Earth's Christmas and they figure that Peter would like a gift from his homeworld to cheer him up. <laughs> now, this is Drax and Mantis cogitating this and they're not the only extraterrestrials who have a very confused idea of how Earth Chrissy works. Hell, I haven't been able to figure it out in my sojourn on this rock. So they figure that he'd just love to get his boyhood hero as a present. <laughs> Which is to say... Very this is, sweet. <laughs> this is not giving anything away because in the trailer. Yeah, Kevin, yeah, yeah. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. The bacon himself. <laughs> Hilarity and what's actually rather heartwarming... Yes, of course. ...ensues. I thought it was great. I wasn't sure what to expect going in, but I think a Christmas special has to hit a certain over-the-top note, and I think Guardians is obviously the perfect property to do a Christmas special of, and it was a lot of fun. I did well up at the end. I mean, it's overly, you know, corny, but I thought it was the touches of humour and they all play off each other so nicely because they've been so nicely established, especially the Mantis Drax combo, uh, I really enjoyed it as well. And I think it's the right length. It's yeah. about 40 minutes. Yeah. So it's very easy It's very easy to just jump on and enjoy. 
James Gunn, the creator and director, yes. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy maestro, mm-hmm. um, getting his feet more than wet in the DC universe. He's at been the poached, yeah, very much. They want to make him their fagey. <laughs> he is the DC Studios co-chair and co-CEO. Yeah, at so. the moment, so he's busy trying to fix the DCU. Yep. at the moment, get rid of all the Snyder business. I think. Well, that's that's complicated because that includes actors who came in aboard during the Snyder's Snyder years. Yeah. Although I, I've just heard that. Um, Patty Jenkins, uh, Wonder Woman director, mm-hmm. is kind of parting company with that due mm. to creative differences. Interesting, yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know what that means for uh, Gal Gadot. They're a little bit of a mess over And, I mean, they've got Cavill back. He's mm-hmm. ditched Witcher to go back. So I don't know what's – it'd be very interesting to keep an eye on. Hmm. Oh, like Cavillback. That sounds like some kind of drink container that you get uh, protein powder shakes from. <laughs> I bet <laughs> <laughs> does sound like him. Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, ne- never, never free associate, Rob. <laughs> so, okay, the, the Guardian's uh, Christmas special, basically. Um, James Gunn's done a really good job on it, I think. He's actually ma- managed to make this kind of the epilogue to Phase uh, 4. Yeah. Are we talking about? Yeah, Phase 4. Mm, mm, um, mm. And also encoded within it some Trojan horses. So he's got information in there that will lead into Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. So it's actually essential to watch this if you're a fan. Um, They did a really cool thing. They partly tell Quill's Christmas amongst the Ravager crew back Mm -hmm. in the day with Yondu and his mates in animated form. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Although when it started I was like, is this whole thing animated? And I was a bit confused. Yeah, yeah. But... Well, that was, the, that was the idea because they were using – they're actually using uh, rotoscoping. Yes. The style did look – yeah. Mm. Which is not animation done by Scooby-Doo, rotoscoping. But it is actually like the hand drawn over the top of – or maybe of using films, computers yeah. as well – over people who are actually acting. So they got Michael yeah. Rooker. Yes. He has a little cameo here. Mm. As, as Yondu, the blue alien. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they also set this up as – Kind of like the like the flashback sequence in um, Kill Bill, yeah, with yes. Oren Ishii, yeah, 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 Mm-mm-mm. and it worked quite well, I thought. Less gory, <laughs> more heartwarming. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, not warming your hands over beating hearts pulled from chests and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I thought this was a great idea. As we were saying before, the extension to the Mantis character is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed that she's a, a really good martial artist, which has always been the case with Mantis. Yep. As well as being the talented thief who relies upon her psychic powers, yeah, uh, that's good. So I thought full marks to Pob, Pom Clementif as Mantis, and I thought because they'd been sort of um, backgrounded a bit in some of the recent stuff. Yeah, I thought it was actually really nice that they foregrounded both her as Mantis and um, the Drax character, yeah. and because they've got a nice rapport together. And it also made sense for them to kind of have a bit of a chance to to lead the story. Hmm. Dave Bautista, yes, as Drax, and that was that was the most fun. They were like uh, James Gunn set it up. He said they were like Abbott and Costello. On yeah, Earth. It, it was it was that was a highlight. I think for yeah. me for sure. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of um, the same sort of fish out of water thing for the Star Trek crew when they were in on it. In 1980s, Earth in Star Trek for the voyage home and swanning around San Francisco. There was just enough of it, though. I don't like when they go too much fist out of water. Yeah, it was still because of the tight timing. 
then they get straight into the action as well. And it was good to see Peter Quill again. Yeah, and I do think his role was smaller here on purpose. Yes, yeah. yes. He is the glue that holds it together, but it was important to see some of the other people involved. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and Nebula and Rocket have the warmest moment. Yes, there's some really nice little scenes that we won't ruin for you, but just add, <laughs> add colour. <laughs> and I'm looking at Nebula when she gives... Rocket a gift, and I'm thinking, where did you get that from? Yeah, I know. How did you? Lots get that? of questions, but it was. I thought that you know, it's it's very cheesy, but it leaned in. It's a Christmas special, like yeah. it's not you know, it's fitting the bill of what it <laughs> what it says it is. They were they were riffing off um, those old Rankin Bass uh, rotoscoped Christmas yes, specials, right? Okay, and you know, Grinch and yeah. stole Christmas, that sort of thing. And I actually think this will become one of my favourite uh, go to. Christmas sort of riffs each year. Uh, Craglin's in there, Sean Gunn playing the former Ravager who inherited Yondu's arrow-controlling head crest. Yep. Uh, He's now a member of the Guardians. Yep. And uh, I I like him being in there as as kind of folded into the crew. Yeah. That worked very well. We also get, and I don't know if it was made plain, but Cosmo, the sentient space dog, is now a member of the Guardians. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, played, voiced by at least uh, Maria Bakalova. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a, a dog with psionic abilities that was sent into space by the Soviet Union. Yeah. Got the abilities later on. Yeah, right. I, I kind of was like, is this something I should know about already? But that's new. Not entirely new. Cosmo has appeared in uh, previous Guardians movies. Mm. Um, just in little sort of bits, about as sure. about as prominent as Howard the Duck, right. who's also been okay. in these movies. Okay. Um, and of course, we've got Groot. Yes, now a bit more grown up. Yeah, but not tall. No, and and definitely his the design of him is different. He's They've buff. clearly made him look different again because he's in a different phase of his growth. Is it actually Vin Diesel in there? Because it's it actually is. a practical costume. It now. is. Oh, inside. Yeah, that's an interesting I, question. I should check on that, but I'm not sure. Let's have a look. Um, Vin Diesel, of course, has voiced Groot all, all along. Not that that's been a great challenge. <laughs> his the extent of his lines have been "I am Groot" or "We are Groot." I love that. Um, I absolutely love that they pay him to roll up a famous man and just say the same line, but more power to them. Yeah, and 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 again, Groot gets this warm moment in there which is probably not that fast fetch for a pile of wood, basically. But, yeah, you know, this is pretty cool. And Kevin Bacon, you know, best for last. I mean, he was just terrific in this. Yeah. Yeah, he's really – he's loving it. He's hamming it up a bit, but he still manages to tap into the right tone of yep. cheesy but heartwarming but silly. His wife, his wife um, uh, Kira, gets a call out in this, literally a call out. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool to include that, yeah, peeping behind the veil. <laughs> I mean, the, this means that Kevin Bacon is – everybody in the MCU is now a couple of degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Well, one. Yeah. Because they've all – yeah. Yeah, Avengers have – you know, like the Guardians have all met the Avengers and – you know? Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty fun to have him in this. The first time I saw Kevin Bacon would have been in other people probably have like, you know, like Footloose and 
that sort of thing. Is it Footloose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those yeah, sorts yeah, of things. Yeah. With me, it's Tremors. Ah, uh, yes, 1990. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's my first exposure to Mr. Bacon. <laughs> he does like exposing himself as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my first would have probably – he was in a lot of movies like Sleepers and stuff like that hmm. when I was a kid growing up, Hollow Man. I would have watched all of those. I'd actually – I've never seen Footloose, so there you go. Well, you're – Bacon Index and mine, I'm I'm one more advanced than you. Yeah. Because we've interviewed somebody who's acted with him. So. Well, there you, you go. Know, so. You're very close. But then that's not that difficult, is it? <laughs> <laughs> he's had a long and long yeah, career. Yeah. I think he's a, a reliable actor too. Yeah. I always enjoy stuff that he's been in, and he plays a villain really well too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. And the, one of the features of it is the band, the old 97s. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they have a little song that's um, their tribute to Christmas, Earth Christmas. They're aliens in this. Yeah. And they don't really know what they're talking about. But, you know. And their song is, uh, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. It's the old 97s, and it is from the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack album. Hmm. Broadcast mode. This is Crichton, the service android aboard the Starship Zero-G on 3RRR FM. SOS! SOS! Mayday! Yeah. Hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special there. The old 97s with I Don't Know What Christmas Is, But Christmas Time Is Here. From the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Album for the special holiday special <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. Alrighty, so we have been talking about that and I just thought we'd uh, just riff off for the rest of the show. We're just talking about basically things that we've seen and loved in the year. A little yeah, bit of a, a, a look back. Put on our retro rocket specs, which again is something that Scooby-Doo would say. Retro rockets. Rex. Alright, so look, Marvel, I mean... This year, the last year, has been massive on franchises. Mm-hmm. And it's actually something that we've had to uh, consciously not battle against because it is extremely relevant content. But we've tried to uh, hive out from it occasionally. The thing is, though, there's so many big franchises that have really, really put the pedal down this year. You know, not just the MCU, but Star Wars and Star Trek as well. So... You know, we've we've hived off into other things as well. Um, I stand by that. If you look at our record of 52 shows. Yeah. <laughs> or actually, it won't be 52 because we are on our last show for the year now having a... Yeah, so it'll be a couple shy of that, but yeah. close and, enough. Yeah, we don't use the word shy around here. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the MCU um, enjoyed a lot of it this year. That Werewolf by Night Halloween special. Oh, was yeah, you raved about that one. Unbelievable. So cool. So casually introduced new characters to the... So the, the the verse, and you know, I mean, after that. Oh, by the way, David Bowie. We always like to reference him on Zero G one time or another. The name of the new Guardian ship is the Bowie. Oh, is it? It I is. I must have missed that. Yeah. So I thought that was so cool. Anyway, so looking at some of the other Marvel things that we've been watching, and there's been a lot. Moon Knight mm. this year. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that mix of Egyptology and superheroes. Oscar Isaac's there as Mark Spector and Stephen Grant and who knows how many other roles. He's top he's up there in my top five, I think, of And of he does actors. comedy. Yeah. Um I loved him in uh, am I right here? Uh, Green Knight. 
Dev Patel's um, uh, homage to King Arthur. Uh, I might not be correct there, but I think I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, correct me again. We, you know how we were saying about um, lunar astronauts who are still alive? Oh, yes, there's a couple still alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've lost the page now. Buzz is definitely still with us. Good, but good, we've good. also got a couple of others that um, are still alive as well that went in later Apollo flights and did walk on the moon. Yeah. So that's as of sort of early, a little bit earlier this year. But, yes, sorry for making a broad assumptions on that. Yeah. But... Um, no, amazing, and a lot of them are obviously uh, in their twilight years. But mm. we should not have preemptively assumed no. that they were no longer <laughs> with no. us. Yes, uh, none of the Capricorn One astronauts are still alive, except the the, the ones who bust into that um, press conference, and <laughs> oh, that's enough oxygen for that sort of thing. Anyway, back to Moon Knight. Uh, Ethan Hawke playing the villain Arthur Harrow. I thought mm-hmm. he was great in that. Mm-hmm. I also enjoyed uh, May. Kalamawi's ex- excellent performance as the Scarlet Scarab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I just thought it was so cool, this whole thing. You know, F. Murray Abrams voicing Conshu. Uh, oh, yes. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. I really love the um, effects, the visual effects on that too. Yeah, they really, really rocked. Looked amazing. And a special hi to Antonia Salib as Tawarit, the hippopotamus god. Of course. Yes, oh. you, you. I love that. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> I want I want to see more Moon Knight. Now that they've established Werewolf by Night, those two are actually natural uh, co-crossover characters and have appeared in the comic books together before too. Mm. So more of that, please. In fact, you know, now we they they did say in the Guardians uh, Christmas special that Easter they'll be back at Easter. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> kind of, you know, and of course Ms. Marvel, another show this year, uh, family. Superhero procedural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Much more tailored towards a younger, young adult audience, I think. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's a fun pitch for a coming of age too that it's still easy watching and enjoyable for anyone. And the joy of uh, Iman Fulani playing Kamala Khan, it just shone through the entire yeah. role. She was enjoying it. She had a really nice energy. It was, and yet, it was the right tone. Yet they also had that serious look at the petition of India. Yeah, the, there was a bit of the history there and I think really surfacing some, probably some, yeah, history that a lot of people aren't as familiar with. Mm. She-Hulk attorney at law, breaking the fourth wall all mm. the way through the show. Uh, I know that people had some difficulty with the CGI. I just accepted it as, as the style and the way it was. You know, you can read all sorts of things into that. Didn't bother me at all. And I'm just thinking about having a, a full CGI character every week on a television it's show. It's definitely an accomplishment and I think that needs to be recognised. I did find sometimes it was a bit uncanny to watch. Yeah. But that's no – I'm not saying that as a sort of negative thing necessarily. I just think it's one of the challenges of when you do have a character that is largely visual effects. Hmm. But Tatiana Mislay also played both, you know, the CGI character as motion cap and also Jen Walters, mm. attorney at law yep. for, for real. And I thought that was a great performance. She really nailed the character for me. She's Yeah, she's got a really nice, fresh, kind of funny, 
um, vibe. Yeah, just 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 a, a joy to watch. And of course, Jamila Jamal playing Jamil playing uh, Titania there. She actually kind of got shut out in that a little bit by Patty um, Guggenheim playing Madison. Uh, yes. <laughs> what was it? Two ends and a Y, but not where you think. Yeah, I have a cat called Flynn, and we call him Flynn with two two ends and a Y, and just where you think. Exactly the only place you think it would be. Um, yeah, I actually think she probably didn't get as much to do as I would have anticipated, hmm. Jamila. But, but. Yeah, so I think she was getting a bit shut out by Madison. Yeah. And Benedict Wong playing Wongers, and that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. And that is the show that we want to see now, Madison and Wongers. I would watch that. <laughs> Easily. I would so ship that. Uh, and Mark Ruffalo showing up again in that. Oh, he was so cool. Yeah. So cool. And and then but the surprise one, I think, was Tim Ross, Tim Roth playing the – Oh, yes. Haiku writing mm-hmm. wellness mm-hmm. guru abomination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we still don't know why Wong has sprung him from the prison to take him off to do cage fighting. Oh, Rob, there's so many unanswered questions from that show. Like, like I said when we sort of covered it, there's a lot I enjoyed, but I had a lot of problems in the last episode or two. <laughs> there was threads hanging everywhere. Deliberately. Messy plot. Anyway, yeah. I think you can definitely say part of it was deliberate, but I also think part of it was annoying. <laughs> and that's fair enough. Now look, She-Hulk has always been annoying. That's well, this is that. it. It's also from like the source material is that vibe. So, But how you know. can we fault Charlie Cox reprising Daredevil? <gasps> Absolute top tier. I definitely think him coming back, their duo, that mm. whole storyline – their humour and him getting to have fun and laugh instead of being stuck in Hell's Kitchen and, and being having, downtrodden all the time. And having a, another yet another epic corridor fight yeah, interrupted like, by She-Hulk. I just think that was really definitely the highlight of that series <laughs> And the for walk me. of shame that he had to do from She-Hulk's apartment. So good. <laughs> oh, the man without fear. Charlie Cox, Daredevil, coming back in his own Daredevil series. Great. Ugh, I'll watch it. Can't wait. Cannot wait. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on the movie front with Sam Raimi's horror take on the subject and and, and how well Benny Batch and uh, Elizabeth Olsen stepped up to being in that horror sort of a comedic horror kind of weirdness thing. Yeah, very Sam Raimi. Yeah, and I love to see the... Even though that they got dispatched very quickly, the Illuminati from the comic books. Yeah, I think that was a, a nice a nice element that they lent into. Yeah. Mm. Look, I'm not reading too much into the fact that Captain Carter, Hayley Atwell, got killed quickly. Yeah. Because they all did. You know, this was the no, gag. It's the alternate, yeah. And, and Anson Mount reprising his obscure television show Black Bolt character. And and uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Krasinski? Krasinski? Yeah, John Krasinski. Krasinski playing... Uh, Reed Richards with the fan casting. Who we may or may not see again because it's alternate universe casting, so who knows? Yeah, so. yeah. And we got, we got um, America Chavez in that. and oh, oh. She was great. And uh, oh, I, I can't remember Chiotel the name. Sh- Shochi Gomez played yes, her? Yes, yeah. yes. So, so cool, that show, and the special effects and the movie. Oh, God. Uh, and Thor Love and Thunder with Natalie Portman stepping up with a hammer. Oh, I enjoyed that a lot, and even Russell Crowe's Zeus. <laughs> Fully leaning into that. Fully leaning into it. And then, of course, the, the movie we've discussed most recently, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Mm. A difficult movie to make. Yes, and definite, as we mentioned when we chatted through it, like so many challenges, such a difficult thing to push forward with. I think they did the right move by pitching it the way they did and obviously not recasting and taking the story in a different direction, but... 
execution, some problems, but overall, like, really, really good, all things considered. And I feel like it was a good move to, to re-sort of boot Namor's origins and cultural story. There was kind of a Greco-Roman thing originally in the comic books. And yes. It didn't really, didn't really sing, but having having him come from the... Like uh, a my, the, ancient the Mayan, Mayan civilization. I like that. I think, I think that there was a lot of good ideas there. I think, unfortunately, some of the plot elements didn't quite hang, but... You know. And Ironheart's introduction too, I thought was pretty decent. Yes, agree, agree. I would definitely looking forward to seeing more, and I like that she got a proper setup there mm. and a bit of space to be in they that do, film. They did that quite well. I, I felt they didn't drop it in awkwardly or anything. Was... No, and they've got plans for her show, so we will be seeing more of her. Yeah. I love the fact that Akoya and Nakia and Ironheart and Shuri basically were heart the heart-shaped herb and soul of that film. Yeah, for sure. With Chadwick Boseman's memory in the background yeah. uh, providing something that held it all together. Yeah, you know, agree. It's a strange thing in, in many it, ways. It's a trick. It's a really tricky one. I think whenever you talk about that film, there's so much to consider. So I never even watched Morbius, the vampire movie. Oh gosh, no. Let's not waste airspace no. on that one. <laughs> Next year we have coming up Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, le- leaning into the the Kang the Conqueror stuff from Loki. Yes. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yep. The last of Again, the Guardians film. started to set up that as well. And the Marvels film with Kamala and Captain Marvel, yes, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. And also Monica Rambo as well. Nice. Maybe yeah, some others too. Good, good, good. Probably not Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would think not. Yeah. And they've also got uh, another season of What If, the animated mm-hmm. alternate universe thing, yep. which they can use to test They can just do whatever. Stuff. See what hits, throw some stuff at the wall. What do the fans like? What do the fans hate? Oh, and go and watch the Secret Invasion trailer. Oh, yes. Oh, that is so good with uh, Kobe Smulders and um, Samuel Jackson, Martin Freeman, Don Cheadle. Oh, it's going to be so good, that one. That's full-on spy, alien spy-fi action going on there. And also Echo, which is um, the male Lopez character from Hawkeye. From Hawkeye. I'm a a bit – I'm conflicted about that. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, and I'm not as interested – I wasn't as interested in her character in Hawkeye. But this is uh, prologuing um, the new Daredevil series. Okay. All right. I could get down with that. So it's going to have Fisk in it. As Kingpin. Okay. All right. And, and Charlie Cox. So. All right. You've sold me on it then. Yeah. That's, it looks like we've got to watch it to see, to de, de, see Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, Loki season two will also pop up. And, um, you know, and of course, as we were saying, uh, Dominic Thorne is going to reprise her role as Ironheart too, yeah. uh, sometime in the latter half of the year. If they don't back off on some of these, because Marvel is kind of saying, well, maybe we need to slow down a little bit with some of them. Yeah. Uh, Agatha, Cover of Chaos, um, once again with Catherine Hahn playing Agatha Harkness, reprising her role from WandaVision. Um, that could be interesting because they've also got Emma mm. Caulfield in it too. Oh, um, with nice. her role. Yeah, because she was in. Um WandaVision. She was in WandaVision. Yeah. So, so much, so much. So lots of things to be, look forward to on that, that front. Um, i just riff quickly through because I did this last week, uh, Star Trek Strange New World Season 1. Yeah. I finished that season now watching it. Awesome season. Yeah. They do think, to my eyes, make a few missteps in it. Okay. Um, there's an episode with the Gorn uh, alien, reptilian, saurian sort of creatures mm. that, that gets a bit too alien, and I mean, right, um, a- Ridley a- Scott yeah, alien gotcha. yeah, for yeah. my liking. It was Doctor Who once said, 
really, there's a, film, a horror movie called Alien. No wonder people are always invading you. That's just so off. <laughs> um, yeah, there were some things with that that I, I, I didn't quite mm. felt landed well. Um, other things where they were a bit rushed for time. Sure. But nevertheless, it is a really solid Star Trek okay. series. And the funniest thing of all is that it's, you know, for the people who are anti-woke, mm. it's certainly not that. <laughs> It's, a, it's awesome. I just enjoy that, that nice. aspect of it too. Great special effects, music, really solid interaction between the characters. Yeah, that's important. That's always the very core of those series and mm. whether or not they really resonate. Mm. And Anson Mount is just great as the, the doomed, yeah. fated Christopher character, mm-hmm. Christopher mm-hmm. Pike. And he's also um, Black Bolt in the Inhuman series, if you ever see that. Yeah. I've also been watching Discovery Season 4. Oh, yes. Um, set 900 years after all of this, basically, yeah, in right. the far future. Okay. In a federation that, that was gutted by the detonation of all the dilithium crystals around the galaxy. And mm-hmm. it just plunged them all back into a – not into dark ages or anything. but yeah. But in some cases, perhaps, yes, but – uh, now they've been recovering from that because they found a dilithium stash. Yeah, right. As recounted okay. in season three. They've now got Discovery there. With its spore drive, it's the fastest thing mm. in space. So it still tends to lead the way, even though it's okay. 900 years old. But they've done things to it. It's no longer. It's been <laughs> modded. The, yeah, it's been um, retconned. So, mm-hmm. like, the, the engines are not attached to the ship. Gosh. They're floating off on force fields. Um, they've got some members of the Future Federation on board the ship. Uh, Michael Burnham is now captain of the ship. Um, Saru, the uh, the alien, you know, Doug Jones is back again oh, on, yeah. on the ship. He's come back from the mission he was on. Um, you know, it's, there's so many things happening. This season is about chasing a mysterious unknown force that's a planet killer. Oh, okay. Yep. And, and that is sobering when you contemplate it on the big on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, oh my god, that's so scary. Um, and yes, Grudge the Cat is back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm enjoying enjoying that too. And the very first um, sequence in that season, uh, they show uh, Michael and Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, Booker is uh, not in Starfleet. Yep, uh, he's an independent freelancer, <laughs> um, and also uh, Burnham's partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're doing a, a not a first contact, but a renewed contact with a planet that had fallen um, away from being with the Federation. Except right. they actually weren't in the Federation; they're close, kind of close to it, but they're vacillating. And these are wonderful creatures who have got butterfly wings and right, right, and, and a hatred for the Federation now. <laughs> and it all goes horribly wrong. Oh God! And Burnham and Booker are just there. This is the thing: they're going out to give dilithium to places mm-hmm. so they can power up their their technology again. And there's no strings attached. Oh, okay. Why? Because that's what the Federation does. Yeah. And when they said that on the screen, yeah. I actually got the tingles. Because <laughs> yeah. to me, that's, that's, that's Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's the essence I'm getting them now. <laughs> <laughs> Just that thought. It, 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 it uplifted my heart. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Hey, this is Craig Charles, Dave Lister from Red Dwarf. You're listening to the London Jet Zero G football show. And what? Zero G? Science fiction show? Oh, smeg. Yeah, and there we have it. That was Paint It Black, as played by Wednesday Adams uh, from Wednesday, which is on Netflix now, originally, of course, by the Rolling Stones. And she learned the cello to do that. She did. I very much doubt that's her on that on that track, but that's still impressive that she uh, learned enough that she could be on screen playing the cello. Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> 
She's done a pretty great job. We're speaking of Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday in the new series, of course, and she learned a variety of things like archery, German, uh, cello and fencing. Um, and she's and some of the the dance sequence from Wednesday's become a bit of a viral sensation online as well. And so yeah, she's she's really made quite a presence for herself. And um, the show's been quite popular, I believe. I've finished watching it all, mm-hmm. uh, all of the episodes. It's on Netflix, yep. and I, I, you know, I think Tim Burton's done a great job with it. Mm. And it, you know, the cast is great, and the connections between the cast are great. The, the Adams family as a whole, apart from Th- Thing and Fester, step back into, Very much into so. the background. Yeah. If Thing can be said to be step back. Have you seen there's a meme around a little Lego minifig of Wednesday? Mm. And the Thing is just one of the little a piece? hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I love the show. It was... Um, it was everything I wanted for a Wednesday series. Mm. I'm not quite as happy with it being that, that kind of young adult um, pseudo-detective school kind of thing. That didn't work yeah, for me, but that might be yeah, a personal sure. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't really understand why Wednesday would stand out amongst a, a school that was full of werewolves and vampires and sirens. That's and, a fair point. You know, that, that seemed a bit odd that she would stand out for Yeah, more. yeah. But then again, maybe that's maybe that's reversing the trope a bit, mm. you know. Maybe they're all happy campers and <laughs> and everybody was great. You know, Gwendolyn Christie was particularly good as the principal. Yeah, and, uh, we've talked about all of this. Um, I, I think it landed quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd I'd go a second season. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I've enjoyed it. I think the vibe for me, I think the coming of age supernatural school vibe I enjoyed, uh-huh. but I've enjoyed things like Sabrina yeah. and even some of the Riverdale that wasn't completely ridiculous. Um, that kind of vibe is I enjoyed. Um, I think it's pretty easy watching, really fun. I do like her. I think she's, I think she holds it together. I think if that casting had been off, the mm. show wouldn't be nearly as good. Mm. So very much props to her and her portrayal. Um, her delivery is great too. Her delivery is really good and I think she has the right mixture of being wry but you can tell underneath you still can feel like a warmth that's there. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely I haven't finished it yet but I will and I think it's definitely going to be something that will be great for the summer, ironically, because mm. it's such a dark kind of gothic <laughs> weird thing but it will be good summer watching, I think. I still think that the poster should have had Wednesday uh, underneath an umbrella and it's raining in the background. Yeah. I think it should have had rain coming only from under the umbrella onto Wednesday. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's just me. Um, other things I have enjoyed the hell out of this mm. this year, obviously Star Wars Andor. Yes, oh, standout, absolute so standout. If <sighs> Star Wars had been as good as Andor for its whole run, I would not have gone AWOL for the last well, for eight or so movies, mm. you know, because, you know, that and Mandalorian and yeah. Book of Boba Fett, I'm just so chuffed with those shows. And we'll play a track when we go out from Andor today, a, a really mournful funeral dirge, which is probably <laughs> appropriate for Zero-G having its last show for the year. Yes, it is our final show before the holidays. When are we back again? Um, January 16th, I th- yes. think. Yes, we'll be back January 16, 2023 with... Mm. all of our uh, talk of our exploits on the streaming services over the summer. Wanted to shout out to two of my favourite movies of, of 2022, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yep. 
Agree. What a tour de force that was. That was amazing. Enough said on that one. That everybody, it's, yeah, yeah. see it if you haven't. (laughs) In a year of movies about multiverses and stuff, it stood out. It really stood out. And um, I can say that my favourite horror movie was Jordan Peele's Nope. Ah, yes. Nice, nice. See that out. Now on DVD and possibly streaming somewhere as well. you can rent well. it and things. Yeah. I don't know if it's streaming for free on anything yet, but it's available. You'll be able to mm. find it. Mm. Um, what about you? Some favourites? So movie-wise, I was pleasantly surprised. I wouldn't say it's a favourite, but pleasantly surprised by Prey, the fifth Predator movie, mm. mainly because that was unexpected um, for me and that was set um, in the Comanche Nation, like Dec- um, centuries ago. Quite enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. I know I think this has scarred you forever, Rob. Fresh, the film Fresh, by um, yeah. directed by Mimi Cave with Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar-Jones. It's kind of a, a bit of a take on dating with a dark twist. We won't say any more, but don't eat while you watch it. Um, those two definitely I really enjoyed this year, as well as Everything Everywhere All at Once, of yeah. course, which we've mentioned. Uh, TV... Something that we haven't mentioned already, I will say, I covered it such a long time ago, almost a year ago, The After Party on Apple TV+. Plus. Loved that. It's a comedy murder mystery show set at a high school reunion. Each episode has a different is a different genre and is from a different person's perspective until the very end when you find out who did the murder, someone dies. So I really love that series and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Do recommend that. Really enjoyed that. But you know I love a good murder mystery story, but I thought that one was pretty fun. Uh, And also book-wise, I covered Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, which was about two indie game developers who become friends and make games um, in the 90s and then it's about their uh, progression as business partners, their friendship and what drives them creatively and to make games and so on. I thought that was a really amazing book. And Into Every Generation a Slayer is Born, How Buffy Staked Our Hearts by Evan Ross Katz, the book about Buffy. I agree with that one in terms of one of the best, uh, what do you call it, non-fiction? Yeah, kind of uh, look back, cultural commentary. Mm. Yeah. The history of, of, of the impact of Buffy. Yeah, it was pitched so well. Evan Ross Katz, who wrote it, is obviously a fan, but he also doesn't hesitate to delve into some of the big themes, issues and fallout of the series while still celebrating it in a way that I really resonated with. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely up there as well. And I will do a quick mention that I recently saw a movie at the cinema called The Menu, which ah, I loved. Yeah, so I you would. Yeah, I really, really loved that. That's hot off the press, saw that yesterday, I think, or day before yesterday. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Avatar, Way of Water. I am not. <laughs> uh, but I look forward to discussing it with you, Rob. In 3D, I hope. I hope they haven't lost the technology. I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen anything about it being in 3D, but we'll see. Well, you, yeah. you, can, you can let me know. You and, can... of course, Knives Out, the sequel. Of course. I'm so looking forward to Glass Onion. Mm. Absolutely. Lots of good stuff coming mm. up. But we will be resting and recreating on shore leave, leading an away team. Actually, it doesn't sound very restful, does it? No, it doesn't. (laughs) Until January the 16th. So good luck. Yes. Happy watching, happy listening, happy reading over the summer. Joe Brunatic coming up next with Astral Glamour. Mm -hmm. Thank you to our former podcaster, Kayla Larson, and our new podcaster, Alice Savage. Yes. Thank you both. And to my partner, Gail Adams. And my partner, Carl. Everybody has done a sterling job and it's great to be back in the studio today talking to everybody and just seeing people at Triple R. And we love you all, our audience. Yep. Not in a creepy way, but basically, well, actually, that's not true. (laughs) 
I lie. I'm unreliable. That's it for Zero G. We're going to go out with a dirge from the soundtrack. <laughs> An uplifting outtrack from Rob. And or volume three, track by Nicholas Brittell. And it's played by a brass band in a, in a city on the alien planet for a funeral. And it is just one of the most brilliant sequences I've seen on television. Amazing. It's forming up unto stone we are. G'day, this is Rob Jan. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website.